All right, it's officially after midnight. So this is Midnight Ramblings. Uh, my name's Dennis. <clears throat> Welcome to Free Association. Uh, whatever variation of the name I decide to use in the end is anybody's guess. Uh, it's probably just going to be me talking to myself. But if anybody comes in, then we'll have a conversation. I might play a couple of clips. Uh, who knows? Who knows how this is going to work? But it's ten past midnight. There are people singing outside. So there's not a chance of me getting any sleep. So I might as well do a radio show. And uh, away we go. Let's have a look at YouTube and see what's on there. Um, and that's where we start. I know that I know that cycle of emotions. Um, some of your broadcasts have left me sobbing like a child. Uh, this is Neil Oliver, uh, who's a regular presenter on uh, GB News in the UK. Also hopeful. And I, that is that's a fairly uh, good example of of the mood of a majority of the letters that I get people that just really want to say hello let me know that they agree with me um, but they always express they almost always express in deep emotion you know, total despair and boiling anger um, and there's often an expression of helplessness uh, and hopelessness uh, a feeling of vulnerability a feeling of, of being isolated uh, often on account of what's going on, what's been going on, having put fissures and splits into families. You know, families have, have, have split across a line. Relationships have foundered on the rocks of it. Uh, and a lot of people write to me to say how lonely they feel and what they've lost in the way of close relationships and close friendships. And, and what I'm getting at is so often it comes down to people feeling powerless that events are beyond their control. And of course, that's understandable. We are, we are all ultimately just individual people. Uh, and it's, it's easy to feel hopeless and helpless. But I also think that for, for governments and authorities and any other entities that want to achieve control and want to get things their own way, it's ideal it's important for those groups if they can make us feel like that. Because, you know, we are, after all, individual people. And if they can remind us of that, if they can remind most people of that or persuade most people of that, then they can make us feel powerless. And, you know, I've said before, we are the best part of 8 billion people. And there's some estimates out there saying that the significant decisions are being taken by no more than 8,000 which basically means that there's there's one <laughs> there's one authoritarian in charge of every million of us. That's how it breaks down, which isn't really realistic. You want to try and take control of a million people, you need a big stick. But if you if you flip it around, 
feeling helpless. This is me. I'm actually talking to myself here. I'm, I'm not. I'm not preaching really to anybody else. I'm reminding myself. If you flip the thinking around and and remind yourself that even if we are just individuals, the world has always been most significantly changed, or the world of humankind, let's say, has always been most significantly changed and affected by the words, deeds and actions of individuals at any given moment. It's so important to remember that, you know, the, the fabled power of one, it really does matter. And you forget this and overlook it. I forget and overlook it. But look at the individuals whose names we all know who've changed the world. You go back to somebody like the Buddha, to name but one. Uh, by, by best estimates, real name, given name Siddhartha Gautama, born around 600 years BC, born into a warrior class in, in territory that we would understand uh, somewhere around Nepal, northern India, let's say. Uh, a privileged background, but gave it all up and went away in search of greater understanding, came to the conclusion, to cut a long story short, that life is suffering and that we suffer because we desire, because we crave, we want things, we just want. And it's that desire, it's that desirousness, that wanting that makes us miserable. And if you can, if you can shed that, he said, you reach nirvana. And nirvana... There's a lot of ways to translate that, but you might call it the exhaled breath. You know, if you, if you breathe in and hold it, eventually you lose your breath. If you, if you try and hold on to the breath, you lose it. But it's by exhaling that it comes back to you. So, so you get what you need by giving it away. You let it go. So the, the answer is not to... It's not to desire and to cling. The answer is to, by letting go, you're then ready for what it is that you need. Simple message delivered by one individual. And the message of the Buddha, as he became the Buddha, the awakened one, changed eventually and continues to change the life of billions of people all around the world. Has done for two and a half thousand years. And then Jesus Christ even more influential in the scheme of things, born around five years BC, when people work out the calendars and, and, and look at everything properly. He, he was only really preaching, it would seem, for three years. He seems to have started his ministry when he was about 30 years old, and he only preached for three years before he was put to death. Uh, he, he may or may not have been connected to an, a once important aristocratic family, but essentially he was, he was born into obscurity and poverty with a simple message, love God, love thy neighbour. It, it, didn't, it didn't change the world, you, you might say, while he was on the face of the earth, but look what's happened in the aftermath of his walking the earth, changed the world for and continues to change it for billions of people. Just one man, Muhammad, born around 570 AD. Another simple message, he said, you know, he was a, he was a, a businessman, a trader, a merchant. He wasn't from any special privileged background, but he, he 
said he heard an angel talking to him who said that basically the message was that there was only one God and uh, that all life was to be lived in submission to him. That was the only way to, that was the only way to be. Changes the world for billions of people. Do you see what I mean? It's, 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 it's individuals. It's not necessarily even people from important backgrounds, but it's individuals. And then, and if, if you go into it, there are long lists of people. There are other names you could add. You could put in in the 20th century, Gandhi. Another individual uh, changed the world f- for millions of people. And then, then there are, then there are uh, you know, people who changed the world for the worse. Of, of course, there are as well. Hitler, Lenin, Stalin, Mao. But nonetheless, love them or loathe them, admire them or not, agree with what they said and did or despise them, those individuals changed the world beyond recognition. And to some extent, they still resonate long after they're dead. Individuals. In the USA, you could reference Abraham Lincoln, President Abraham Lincoln. His mum was was born out of wedlock. Uh, He himself was born into poverty. Uh, his birth mum died when he was when he was nine years old or thereabouts. Uh, he, he was raised in a, a log cabin that his dad built in on space, hacked out of the forest. Um, uh, he's, he's, you know, his dad married again. He was raised by a stepmom. He was sent to what they called a blab school. You know, where there were no books, nothing to write on, and the children in the in the school learned by reciting what the teacher said. So from the outside, all people could hear was kind of blah 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 of the children reciting. So he, he came out of poverty uh, and became perhaps the most memorable president of the United States of America so far. And he made the Civil War a war against slavery. You know, one individual, one committed, strong-minded individual, and it's still the case in the 21st century. You know, it's still happening around us now. He's got a list of another, another couple of people probably, but uh, the point is to not feel helpless. And my approach to that is it's not it's not the situation or the person that you think is making you feel helpless. It's you that's making you feel helpless. It's your your choice to buy into that belief that makes you feel helpless. So don't buy into it. Just don't buy into it. Don't ever buy into it. Ultimately, it's easy to say. It's not so easy to do, but when you figure it out that you that you are powerful, that you are empowered, that you do have uh, something to give to the world, something to give to yourself, and something to accept from the world, and something to accept from yourself, it's giving and receiving that make us powerful. So that's that's my approach. Uh, I think Neil Oliver's an important guy. He's an interesting guy. He's very, very good at rhetorical monologues, which is why his monologues are very, very popular indeed on the internet. So let's have a look at something else now and see what else we've got on YouTube.
All right, here's another bit of me. The question is this. Are we stupid or are we just being treated as if we're stupid? How long will they keep trying to tell us 2 plus 2 equals 5 when so many of us can see that the answer is plainly 4? Spanish newspaper El Mundo and other news agencies reported last week that Jose Maria Fernandez Souza Faro, president of European pharmaceuticals giant PharmaMar, was among 2,200 Spanish elites and celebrities investigated by police for allegedly paying thousands of euros to be injected with a saline solution, salt water, instead of any of the COVID vaccines, and so had their names added falsely to the National Immunisation Registry. This alone is a brewing scandal of note that a company president involved in researching COVID vaccines allegedly and at the very least did not feel it necessary or important to get vaccinated should make us ask another question. Did that big pharma boss think or have reasons to believe that the vaccines were unsafe perchance? Hey, Jose, why go to all the trouble and expense of dodging the jab when everyone else in the world is being told by your lord and the rest that it's safe and that, you know, no one's safe until everyone's jabbed? What's the problem, Jose? I, for one, would like to know the answer to that question. Maybe while we're on the subject, we might pause and wonder who else among the great and the good may have chosen to dodge the bullet and take the saline instead. Daily Mail Online carried a headline on the 8th of June. Healthy young people are dying suddenly and unexpectedly from a mysterious syndrome as doctors seek answers through a new national register. This is SADS, an acronym that stands for Sudden Adult Death Syndrome. And according to the Royal Australian College of GPs, it occurs most commonly in people under 40. This is properly scary. I don't mind telling you. Healthy young people are going to their beds of an evening and not waking up ever again, or otherwise going about their everyday business and dropping dead for no identifiable medical reason. The best anyone in the health professions can apparently do is describe it as mysterious, baffling even. That there are people under 40 dropping in their traces for no known cause. At the same time around the world, there have been reports of many hundreds of sportsmen and women dying suddenly and unexpectedly in the past year. Superfit individuals uniquely focused on their own health, keeling over dead, often on the field of play. Here at home, we have had updated information campaigns about how important it is to be aware of the incidence of heart attacks and strokes. It has been deemed appropriate to remind us as well that heart attacks are not unknown in children. It's almost as if we're not to be unduly alarmed by the sight of passers-by dropping to their knees and clutching at their chests. Elsewhere, there's a poster campaign about a rise in the number of cases of shingles. The small print on the posters mentions shingles may strike people with lowered immune systems. Fancy that. Deaths have been attributed by coroners to the COVID vaccines. The numbers are disputed, but people have died on account of the jabs. That much at least is undeniable. Around the world, there are millions of cases of alleged adverse reactions to the jabs, lives severely compromised in some cases. I won't get into the numbers because those are always disputed too, but the facts remain. People are dying. The elephant in the room here is the COVID-19 vaccines. And again, I make no apology at all about banging on about this topic week after week. The push to move on, to leave all talk of COVID and pandemic behind us is palpable and I would say downright sinister. I'm nowhere near ready to move on. Not while there is still so much we do not know, so much we're not allowed to say, think and ask. 
We're told all about COVID-19 and all manner of ways in which it might affect health long after a person has recovered from the initial infection. But as well as the pandemic, the other momentous arrival among us, indeed in just the past year and a half, is the biggest mass vaccination campaign in the history of the world. Vaccination with products that had emergency approval, but in my opinion are experimental and for which no long-term data is available on account of their being brand new and just out of the box. Billions of people around the world have submitted to the procedure in a coercive and bullying atmosphere created by politicians and the media that was mandatory in feel, if not in fact. Unknown and unknowable numbers of people did so simply to keep their jobs, to get on a plane and go on holiday or to a gig. And yet, in the midst of one report after another of otherwise unexplained sudden deaths in the past 18 months or so, the only emergent variable, the only new thing in the world that we're not allowed to discuss, absolutely not allowed to discuss, far less point accusatory fingers at, is the mass vaccination programme. Again, I ask the question I posed at the top of this piece. Are we stupid or are we just being treated as if we're stupid? Which is it? We're certainly living, as the old Chinese curse has it, in interesting times. I, for one, cannot remember such a deluge of apparently unconnected events and bad news, all of it creating and maintaining a relentless anxiety and sense of impending doom, pandemic, mass lockdowns, insistence on a climate crisis, fuel shortages, hikes in the price of fuel, energy, this, that and everything else. Threat of global famine, war in Europe and no end in sight. Talk of nuclear weapons and war, unconstrained illegal immigration, inflation, rising interest rates, unsustainable national debt, quantitative easing gone out of control like a runaway train. And all the while that lot is ticking over sudden inexplicable deaths among the young and fit which we're not supposed to talk about, or at least not openly and in a way that takes account of all emergent and contributory factors of interest. Most recently, we've had the advent of monkeypox, a disease identified in African countries decades ago is apparently suddenly spreading around the world. More than 360 cases have already been identified in the UK. Monkeypox is routinely mentioned in the same breath as smallpox, that terrifying ghost from the all-too-recent past. For a while there, the official word was that 90% of those cases of monkeypox were in men who had had sex with other men and that the infection was passed only by close and prolonged physical contact. Now, however, the Centre for Disease Control in the United States has said monkeypox may be airborne, like our old friend COVID-19, and that the wearing of masks might be a good idea again, just to be on the safe side. You might say, it's a basic question, but what on earth is going on here? Billionaire computer salesman Bill Gates and his cronies in the matters of world health run simulations of pandemics caused by, say, let's stick a wet finger above our heads to test the air, coronavirus and, oh, I don't know, monkeypox. And then within months, those simulations are followed by actual outbreaks of coronavirus and monkeypox. Never mind software. That Gates chap really ought to branch out into crystal balls because the one he's been using apparently works a treat. And all the time, a constant background noise carries the message that the powers that be actually care about our health, along with the rest of our well-being. Last week brought the news as well of a proposed rise in the age when a person might buy cigarettes. That's a good one, isn't it? Hard to argue that such a move is about anything other than saving us from ourselves. 
except you could also justifiably point out that this is working towards prohibition, just another brick in the wall of controlled lives. That decision is not yours to make, little human, it's ours. I was with my family in central London a couple of weeks ago, and we couldn't help but start counting the recently installed gaudily coloured shop fronts that hadn't been there the last time we walked those streets together. Willy Wonka style, offering all manner of sweets. I see we started counting, but we lost track before the end. They seem to be everywhere. I'm no health expert, as I freely declare, but those cathedrals to candies look to me like type 2 diabetes on a stick, to say the least. Consume your sugar sensibly, I'm sure those purveyors say in the small print on their products. Don't smoke, kids. Suck this instead. We're not well in the West, and in all manner of ways. Off the coast of North America, scientists are finding the fish full of antidepressants, thanks to the amount of those drugs entering the water supply via the urine of millions of medicated people. Here at home in Britain, other scientists find fish spontaneously changing sex on account of how much oestrogen is making its way into the water supply from women taking the contraceptive pill. Sperm counts are falling in British men at the same time, leading to falling fertility. But best we don't bother our pretty little heads about that one either. When you think about it, we're being walked into the eye of a perfect storm. More and more people are dropping down dead of no known cause whatever, and fewer babies are being conceived and born. That, my friends, is the road to nowhere. I don't think I need to say any more than that, really. He does it very, very well. That was Neil Oliver. Um, that's pretty much it for now. Thanks for listening. I'll see you later on today. Later on on Monday. Okay. Cheers for bye.